Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories. Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. All right, and welcome to our first episode, live episode of the Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about all things legends versus canon regarding Star Wars. Uh, I am Austin or Teacup. I'm one of your co-hosts for this podcast. And I am Ben of Tamaria. All right. Well, we're going through kind of the different, I guess, factions is a way to put it. But yeah. structures, governments, whatever, of the Star Wars universe. And so last week we covered the Confederacy of Independent Systems, or better yet known as the Separatists. So where are we going today? Today we are going to with one of my favorite uh factions in star wars which we don't get a whole lot in canon but we get plenty of it in legends which is the sith empire specifically the sith empire not the galactic empire what most people would think right so right the sith empire so the main the main faction you see in like kotor 1 kotor 2 um we see them in the old republic mmo a lot of old republic but they do have other places in the star wars universe Right. Yes. Um, particularly, I'm thinking of the Old Republic novels. You see them there, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Um, which, if you know, if you're a big KOTOR fan, pick up the Revan novel. It's one of the good ones of the yes. Old Republic. It's one of the better. Deceived is also amazing. Um, mm-hmm. If you want a good kind of intro to where sort of, I guess, the MMO starts off, Deceived is a good yes deceived was the malgus book wasn't i'm pretty sure yeah which right now in the mmo malgus is a very very big point right now again oh so they brought him back as the main villain now instead of a side villain so if you play the game and this is like kind of off topic before we start uh when you play the mmo malgus isn't even like they put him in the all the trailers and the promotions as the main bad guy but when you start actually playing the game he's not even a main bad guy at all he's a side villain in some of the flashpoints you do and i was like wait what that's interesting because in the book he kind of this is a spoiler a little bit but he kind of like whether or not he's really for the sith empire is kind of goes back and forth at least in the novel Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then with the well, the new expansion with uh, Re- uh, Legacy of the Sith, they actually tied in the Deceived novel into the current expansion. Ah, awesome. So you see, you uh, in the Deceived book, you see a um, the main character is a Jedi Knight. Um, I can't remember her name on the top of my head, but um, she uh, actually helps you out throughout like some of the story missions and whatnot dealing with malgus because she has a connection through him through the force because of the events of deceived Uh, i see yes and and she cup also says in chat that uh, malgus is also being added to uh, galaxy of heroes which is awesome yeah so i think they're going to announce more of that towards celebrations i think more about galaxy of heroes yeah oh yeah yeah Maybe. We'll see. I have a love-hate relationship with Galaxy of Heroes. I've played it since launch. Mm-hmm. So that was that was back in 2015, November 15. So it's been going six, almost seven years now. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with it. 
But uh, yeah, so um, we're going to get into it with Legends. Um, so the Sith Empire, with, with the origins of the Sith Empire, uh, the Sith civilization began around uh, 100,000 BBY, in which the time of the species of the red-skinned humanoids had evolved in, onto the planet of Korriban. They lived as a barbaric yet strangely harmonious existence filled with constant warring between the various divided nations on that world. So, if you play Old Republic, the MMO, they're known as pure-blood Sith, and then even in the Revan novel, or even in Deceived, all the Old Republic novels, the Sith race is a prominent race in the galaxy at this time. But this is far before that. And then during their pre-industrial age, by 3000 BBY, the inhabitants of Korriban fought off an incursion from the Kilix. Um, it was under an iron rule by King Aedas that the Sith first became unified. He was declared the Sith Hurrah, the ultimate being, and then he was also the one to first form the Sith Empire around the year 28,000 BBY. And then his reign lasted for about three centuries. So we talked about King Natus on our Sith episode and mm-hmm. how he learned from other species and be, built a giant empire to rule Korriban. And then, you know, later expand beyond Korriban. Right. And just for anyone listening, the incursion they have the uh Killix are kind of like a hive mind insect species mm-hmm. um that kind of roam the gallery uh if you're a mass effect fan think the rachni but a little more um humanoid i guess is the word i'm looking for but yeah, yeah but they they come in later into a play if you're in the legends material they're in the kind of period after the original trilogy um they give the new jedi order and the new republic a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And then, um, after a relative st- uh, stability of this of the empire, uh, the first challenge was in twenty seven thousand seven hundred BBY, when the Sith were visited by the Rakata, which we also talked about on um, in the Sith episode. The aliens formed were from the distant and. In- in- infinite empire which is another thing we see in kotor one which is the whole thing with the starforge uh attempted to lure the ancient sith king into the confidence by proving him by providing him with the knowledge to create holocrons however their true motivation of conquest quickly became apparent this led king adis bringing the full might of the sith empire to bear on the rakata and he succeeded in dividing driving them away from Korriban at the cost of his life. So, the Sith were actually the first ones to basically develop holocrons, specifically because of the Rakata. Which we do talk about again in our Sith episode. A lot of the stuff was in the Sith episode, because it's specifically yeah. as a Sith. And, like, the Rakata... If you've played KOTOR, you know who the Rakata are. They're a mm-hmm. big part of that. And they were an empire before the Sith and before the Republic that kind of conquered the galaxy. But most of the main technologies that you find in Star Wars, hyperspace travel, holocrons, the lightsaber, even blasters to an extent, all begin with the Rakata and their infinite empire. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, using the remains of the enemy crafts, the once primitive Sith were, uh, were propelled into a space age and were armed with the power of the dark side of the Force. Using these new acquired tools from the Infinite Empire, the Sith Empire conquered other nearby worlds, which became part of the Sith space, and relocated their capital from the ancient Korriban to the neighboring world of Zyost. Which, um, if you do play Star Wars Old Republic, and right before you get to one of the major expansions, you actually do visit Zyost, um, which is kind of cool. But during that age, the capital was a completely different planet than Zyost. And then around the year uh, 7000 BBY, 
A civil war was initiated by uh, Dathka Karash, which left most of the cities of Korriban in ruin. A group of Sith priests of the Kisha cast uh, interpreted the death of Adis as a sign to reject the dark side dominated beliefs of their people. Uh, labeled with as heretics for their actions, these Sith were banished and settled the planet of Thund and became the sorcerers of Thund. The planet Ak- Arcania also yeah. fell under the domination of the Sith, and by 7000 BBY, they were established a library known as the Vesha Tuwan on it. So I'm curious if this is like a precursor to kind of the Sith alchemy or magic base, like what we get see in the Witches of Dathomir, maybe? Potentially, it kind of sounds similar to that, but what caught my attention in this is this adherence to the dark side, like a rejection of the dark side, which predates the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um which I just think is interesting. Yeah. And then um, around the year 69,000 BBY, or sorry, 6,900 BBY, exiled fallen Jedi fleeing from the Battle of Corbos, uh, which concluded the Hundred Year Darkness, landed on Korriban, a desolate world inhabited by the relatively primitive but unusually Force-sensitive Sith people. Um, upon arri- arriving, the Dark Jedi attempted to t- subjugate the Sith and take whatever knowledge they possess. The Sith attempted to protect their secrets, but they fell to the superior training technology of the invaders. Using their f- training in the Force, the Fallen Jedi amazed the Sith and uh, uh, elevated themselves to godlike status on Korriban, becoming the rulers of the Sith people. So, this is where... You will see start seeing the transition from the what they were called as the Dark Jedi and becoming what we know as the Sith. And more of a Sith as a religious style like how the Jedi are instead of just being the people. And then uh, over the next 2,000 years, interbreeding occurred between the Fallen Jedi and the Sith by means of Sith alchemy, which left led to the term Sith, being used to identify not only as the original inhabitants of Korriban, but also the fallen Jedi Masters. The intermingling between the two species continue across hundreds of generations, and the hybridized offspring of this union became the new ruling class of the Sith, thus the Sith, em- thus the Sith Empire born, with Zaos becoming the capital, Bakoraban became a sacred mausoleum world. One of the first Sith lords of this new empire was Ajunta Paul, who the native Sith viewed as the incarnation of their primary god, Typhogem. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Which is interesting. So, that's, that's something I... Like, so, I play a lot of the MMO, and... I did not realize there was, like, intermingling between the two of humans and, or even just the Sith that we know as a Sith Lords with the Sith race. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing, because in the game, it's it's not really there. Like, the Sith, pure-blood Sith hate humans with yeah. a passion. They, um, they hate everything, and, really. And we'll get into this, but, like, if you're playing the MMO, the Sith Empire that kind of gets in there in the MMO comes they originate from a planet called uh Drummond Cross. Yeah. Is like the Drummond head Cost. of that mm-hmm. Drummond Cost. And there the pure blood Sith, like there is a clear like racial hierarchy that exists there. Like you cannot advance enough if you are not a pure blood Sith. Yeah. Um, and a force wielder. You need to hmm. If you're a human and a force wielder, you can get up higher in the ranks. But if you're a human who cannot wield the force, you are basically trash. Yeah, on the planet. and we'll get into that because it it gets it gets kind of dark on what they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we get into the golden age of the Sith. 
So in this time, the Sith formed in a um, immensely rich and powerful empire built upon the use of sorcery and dark, the dark side of the Force, um, which fueled their technology adopted by the relics of the Infinite Empire. At, at, it, at its height, the Sith Empire ruled over at, over at least 120 worlds, which is surprising and not surprising to me. Being how they're, I mean, Zyos, if if I recall just from, like, playing the MMO, it's out in the Outer Rim. So mm-hmm. there's many a planets out in the Outer Rim, and being the Outer Rim as it is, there is no law. Like, at all. Like, like the Republic right. barely has even a presence in the Outer Rim to begin with. Now... Just for clarification, this Infinite Empire is not the Rakata Infinite Empire. Um, I mean, from the technology that they have in the relics, it is. But it's this is the one that's from the MMO that like has when you originally encounter it. It's the Emperor with the twin sons. That is the right. Eternal Empire. That's Eternal different. Empire. Yeah, that's that, a different empire. Go. Yeah, there's like there's multiple empires in the Star Wars universe. So there's you have the Sith, you have the Infinite, you have the Eternal, then you have the Galactic. It's like it's the first word. <laughs> yeah, you know, Palpatine is kind of arrogant when he says to the first Galactic Empire because mm-hmm. it's Which not really not the first true. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Palpatine's not above lying, so that's true too. <laughs> so then, over the centuries that followed, the Dark Jedi Exiles were forgotten by the Galactic Republic. Even as all records of the Republic were lost to the Sith, the two civilizations thrived in isolation. Um, ignorant of one another's existence, to the galaxy outside their space, the Sith Empire was considered nothing more than a fable. So, that being said, the Republic didn't believe that the Sith even existed at this point. Like, oh, the Je- like the Dark Jedi just, you know, poof, disappeared. Never mm. seen them again. Oh, they died on some backwater world or something. Who knows? I don't know why they keep thinking that. It never ends up like that for them. Yeah, no. And over the, you know, over the course of Star Wars history, you see, oh, yeah, they're gone. And then they come back and like, full throttle force. And it's like, Oh, we're getting decimated. It's like, yeah, maybe you should, like, not just forsake something when it just disappears. <laughs> it's the same thing that happens, like, in Assassin's Creed with the mm-hmm. Templars and Assassins. They think they beat each and other and then... back and forth motion with them. <laughs> Never assume your enemy's gone is the lesson yeah. of Star Wars. Yes. So, uh, and then at some point during the Golden Age, the Sith Lord... Uh, Letus created a slaver organization known as the Crucible, which was tasked with capturing refugees uh, displaced from war in order for them to be used as a slave army that would fight for the Sith Empire. The Crucible long outlived the empire it served. So this is where we're going to get into like a little darker tone. The, the Sith are all for slavery, which, mm. no surprise. I mean, they are the Sith. Um... It's just a we we see it all the time in most empires, at least in Star Wars. Um, and then when we get to the late Golden Age, um, they saw some relative stability. At this time, the Dark Lord of the Sith was a particular powerful and long-lived individual named uh, Marco Ragnos. Through his mastery of the dark side of the Force and his fair, uh, fierce intelli- intelligence. He had risen through the ranks of the Order to attain the position of Dark Lord. Uh, Ragnos would prove to be one of the last rulers of the original Sith Empire. So this is where we're kind of getting where the Sith Empire will be changing. And they Mm -hmm. do have multiple uh, reforms, just like the Republic does. And then uh, Ragnos... Uh, often placed his rivals against one another. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Manipulated them into challenging him opening, openly or simply had them assassinated. Uh, while many factions sought to expand beyond the confines of the Sith space, Ragnos forbid it, uh, as he well remembered how his ancestors were defeated by the Jedi Order. 
He knew how powerful the Jedi were and was not confident that the Sith Empire was strong enough to challenge him. After ruling for over a century, his death caused a power vacuum within the leadership of the Empire, which saw the isolationist Moondoom Crush and the exceptional Nagasato uh, amass power in the order to propel themselves onto the Sith throne. So, yeah. Right. Um, and Marco Ragnos, if you really want to talk about it like historically, mm-hmm. he is kind of the first dark lord of the Sith. Yep. Like someone who really like maintains that title and has unchallenged authority mm-hmm. when he ruled. Uh, and it's a big, like he's very powerful. He's very revered among the Sith at this time. And even after his death, revered as one of the most powerful Sith Lords of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes, he makes an appearance and you visit his tomb in KOTOR. Um, oh, I believe I, about that. I, I believe it's the tomb it's the tomb with the droids where you fight the droids where they've gone crazy I think you're right I would have to yeah. replay it's been a bit on that yeah. one because Naga Shadow is where you do the test yes um, then there's Tulak Horde is where you find the crazy hermit mm-hmm. uh, Marco Ragnos is where the droid crazy droids are and then you do go to the tomb of Ajunta Paul where you get a sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, um, all, the, all the major Sith I just list off in the last couple minutes are all good tour one. <laughs> in the Legends, in the Jedi Knight series, in Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, the group of dark side users you're fighting are seeking to resurrect Mark Aragnos. Uh, I completely... I don't know if you ever played the Jedi Knight I series. have. It's been... I've it's been a long time since I played those. I played Kotor more yeah. recently than playing the Jedi Knight series. Yeah, it's a that one's a fun one. I think that's a big the Jedi Knight series really makes you feel like a Jedi. At least Jedi Academy yeah. does. Jedi Academy does for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Jedi Knight one because is that the one where you, is that the one you play as Kyle Katarn or is that Outcast? You play as, you play as Kyle, I believe, in all of them except for Academy. Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, because Jedi Knight. There's Jedi Knight. The Dark Forces games are the Jedi Knight series. There's Mystery of the Sith. Mm. Um, there's Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Oh, okay. I know I played Jedi Academy. I played Jedi Knight and Jedi Outcast. I have not played the mm-hmm. other ones. But. Yay. But yeah, that's uh, now we're going to get into the great hyperspace war of the Sith Empire era. Um, so in 5000 BBY, the isolation of the Sith was broken when two young hyperspace explore, uh, explorers called Gav and Jory Daragon stumble upon Korriban by accident while they attempt to establish a hyperspace lane into an effort to expand their trade options. Uh oh. That's not good. And, <laughs> and then, um, by this point in history, the Sith held little memory of the Republic, who lived in a distant regions of space compared to them. The sold uh, the sold Lou Crash and his, um, allies to claim that two travelers were in, were the precursors of an invasion of their territory. While his rival Nagasato held the view of the Republic, offered new lands to conquer. In secret, Sato also believed the uh, that focusing on conquest of the Republic would unite the strained factions of the Empire and distract the populace from the political problems they face on their native territory. So you know, another Sith Lord manipulating everything behind the scenes, trying to go to war to you know full of the whole empire so hmm palpatine hmm you know he's not really an original kind of guy no he's not he he's taken palpatine has taken ideas from multiple sith lords throughout galactic history and it's just you know it's rinse and repeat that's like honestly that's most sith it's just just a rinse and repeat (laughs) 
So then, um, a tribunal of Sith rulers later sentenced uh, Dagagon to his death, uh, by Sot- uh, but Sato secretly had them rescued and sheltered at his own isolated fortress. However, le- however he left behind evidence to suggest the rescue attempt was done so by the Republic agents used and used this to galvanize the Sith Council by exploding their fears and doubts. Oh no... He planted evidence to attack the Republic. Go figure. Dun, dun, dun. And then uh, the Dark Lord was well aware uh, that his forces would be uh, insufficient in combating the Republic Navy, but made one use of the element as a surprise to aid him. For a time, it worked. The Koros system fell to the Sith's might, and the Empire's naval forces spread through the Kronos trunk line to assault the shipyards at uh, Forost, whereupon the Sith moved to assault, and I might butcher these uh, names here, Kakelis, Metalos, Basilisk, Shaokin, and then ultimately Coruscant itself. So, you know. Go figure, Coruscant's going to attack. Woo, what's something? Name something new. <laughs> um, God, I. This I episode bad. title The Sith Empire, the One Trick Pony. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just feel bad for Coruscant. Like, I, I, I would it's not like want to live. Every, every conflict. <laughs> every conflict, it gets attacked. Pick so. Planet. Come on. Yeah. And then the uh, Sith armies on Coruscant managed to march across the legislative district uh, onto the steps of the Senate Hall, where they fought off uh, fought off by the defending Jedi forces. At Coros Mare, the Sith proved relentless and unpredictable in their attacks, which was necessary due to Sato's limited knowledge of the region of space, which led to the Republic not faring well in the conflict which became known as the Great Hyperspace War. So, yeah, that that's fun. And then this, this is where it's, uh, if people play KOTOR 2, you're going to recognize one of these ship names. Uh, during the war, several Jedi were corrupted and joined forces of the Sith Empire. One who was uh, Kalish Sas uh, Rogan, who commanded the Harbinger. Which, the Harbinger was in KOTOR 2, if I believe. Right? That's the ship that you're on? I think. When you're trying to escape uh, Paragus? Paragus? Yeah, it's something like that. I can't remember sure. if it's... It is called the Harbinger, but it is a Republic world warship. It might just share the name. Well, this was a Jedi who was corrupted and joined the Sith. And he was the captain of the Harbinger. So, the Sith took that's over a, a, a Republic ship? That's like a thousand-year-old ship. Yeah. Then, when it comes into KOTOR 2. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Maybe... Unless it's, like, I guess, just re, the ship's renamed on constantly with the Harbinger logo. Let me see. So... I'm gonna look it up. You keep cool. going. And then, uh, so, in the closing stages of the conflict, the newly trained Sith, Valak uh, Kodank, diverged... Uh, diverted resources for the construction of their own Sith temple located in the Tuscolian Nebula. So. Yeah, and that, that that's too. She Cup she says, uh, when I hear Harbinger, I, all I think is Mass Effect. Yeah, that, yeah that's fair. <laughs> so, um, when Nagasada returned to the Sith Empire, he was greeted by an unexpected figure, his rival Ludo Kresh, who had not died in their earlier battle, but was warned by his spies of the assassination attempt. Showing no mercy, mercy, Kresh's forces mercilessly attacked Sato's battered fleet before they could recover. However, Nago Sato's forces fought with wild frenzy as they had nothing to lose, leading to both sides being devastated as a result of the Second Battle of Korriban. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you have nothing to lose, Sith just go all out and go ballistic. Right. 
A little update, it is not the same ship, <gasps> what? the Harbinger, because the this is from the Lost Tales of the Sith. Okay. Uh, it's not destroyed till till 43 ABY. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> this ship lives that's, forever. <laughs> that's like the end of the Legends timeline, almost as we know it. Yeah. Because the Death Star 2 over Endor is in like 6 or 7 ABY. Something yes. like that. Or it's close to that, the yeah. Yeah, the Battle of Endor is like five years after. Oh my god, that's um, that's towards like the end of Luke's era, almost. Yeah, um, so long time. Jeez. But the Harbinger in there is a different. different it has a Harbinger. separate uh, Wikip. It has a separate Wikipedia. Um, entrance, inference, like entrance, hmm. then interesting so fun facts (laughs) so um by this point um supreme chancellor polamoto i think that's how you say it uh ordered republic forces uh, in an invasion of sith space which saw hundreds of ships piercing the stigalin Vale. the sith empire at the time was in complete turmoil after the death of ludo crush and was unable to withstand the onslaught of these invaders with Crush dead and Sado missing, Shar Dakon became acting Dark Lord of the Sith. Sensing defeat and possible surrender being the only options available to them, he commanded his warriors to make suicidal attacks against the invading enemy fleets. This act led to heavy losses being sustained by the Republic and forced them into making a temporary retreat as a result. Ultimately, the Republic only won after many of the lower caste Sith committed real uh ritualistic suicide so that that's also fun like you know hey we're not gonna win just kamikaze then that's all good it's the only way to go at the point and then uh the sith empire was broken as a result through unknown to the republic sado had in fact escaped the struggle he fled to yavin 4 in his single Deerfawn class battleship, which was buried on the moon while the Dark Lords Masamasi created temples for their masters. One of the Sith Lords um, to die during the conflict was Lord Garu, the holder of King Adis Holocron, who perished on the world of Ashasri, thus leaving the ancient relic behind where it remained undiscovered for centuries. So, that's interesting that, I mean, Yavin has a lot of history in the back end when it comes to the Force uh, with both the Jedi mm-hmm. and the Sith. Um, and Legends, there are Sith temples. And, like, there's a lot of temples on Yavin which were dedicated to both Sith and Jedi. And then we see way later in the Legends timeline that Luke creates his new Jedi Order on Yavin, right? Yes. Okay. So if you play the Jedi Academy game, that's where the Academy is. Okay. Is on Yavin. That's what I um but the rebel base Oh on yeah, Yavin I forgot in, about in that. A New Hope, that is a Sith temple that they're in. Oh. Yes. Did not know that. So uh then following the supposed stru- destruction of the Sith Empire, the Jedi worked Oh no. The Jedi worked to destroy whatever remained of the Sith's legacy, which included talisman, temples, and holocrons. This was an attempt by the Jedi to prevent the dark knowledge of the Sith from being used by other darksiders, or by students who could be influenced by these teachings. Among the many locations destroyed, the Sith uh, library on Arcana, all, um, known as Vishas Tuan, was destroyed by a group of Jedi Masters. Jedi Shadows worked to destroy any dark side artifacts created by the Sith, such as Aimless and Talisman, while the ranks of the Jedi Shadows destroyed most of these ta- uh, tainted artifacts items, such as Holocrons, were also kept in the custody of the Jedi Order, though many others were left in barrel vaults of the Sith Lords. So, did I just, like, froze? 
Yeah. Oh no, what the heck? We'll be back with technical difficulties. <laughs> I just froze. My camera's still working, so I have no idea what's going on. Uh, try turning your video off and then back on again. Oh, there it is. Fail to start camera. I hate my computer sometimes. Mm. So. We can look at the School of the Wolf emblem. <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah, so that's a fun laptop to have. <laughs> that time that happens from time to time. But anyway, uh, let's get back into the. Uh, so I was I was about to say, uh, Jedi shadows are kind of like Jedi spies. Um, that if you play the MMO, that's one of the like combat styles you can do is a shadow or classes. Um, they're like sh spies slash more into force objects and stuff which is kind of mm. cool so um though the empire was destroyed uh one of the legacies remained in the form of the crucible which we talked about earlier which continued to operate in the shadows for centuries abducting countless people and turning them into ruthless warriors one of the few known artifacts that was kept by the jedi order included the holocron of nagasato which was uh, kept in order to provide insight into the origins of the ancient Sith. Ultimately, the campaigns of the Jedi were to bury the teachings of the Sith was partly successful, successful with much of the Sith Empire's history being massed in shadows over the centuries that followed. This is a question, um, just what I'm thinking, that you might, you might not know, but the Jedi Temple on Coruscant is built on top of a Sith shrine temple yes. altar something Sith like that shrine, yeah yeah we find that there out is... in the uh high republic novels which is interesting yeah i think and that's that comes from legends too um, uh yeah it does because palpatine is very interested in like going there and like that's why he orders the clones not to destroy the jedi temple because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to destroy the sith but i can't remember is it the holocron of nagasato that is in there and that's what's causing the like Corruption. Um, I don't, I think it's in the temple. I don't think it was, that's what was causing the corruption. I think that mm -hmm. might have been a different source. I can't remember the top of my head. I know in the High Republic novels, so far Nagasato isn't mentioned at all. Um, mm -hmm. but they do, do, like, the Jedi do meditate at the shrine to wane off its darkness from corrupting the rest of the temple above it. I was like, so you guys knew this was here. It didn't do anything. Right. What? I mean, and then kind of, it, with them introducing that, it kind of shows how, the by the time of the prequels, how Palpatine was never discovered. Mm -hmm. But because he was on Coruscant, being surrounded by dark side energy from the shrine, and with the temple being above the shrine it was like i would i wouldn't say corrupt but it was hindering the jedi's ability to sense him right yeah interesting i'll have to look that kind of figure that out because there are a couple named holocrons that mm. we see in the legends material um particularly you know dark revan has a holocron freedom nod has a holocron um, tons of other Sith have holocrons and they interact in the mm -hmm. series later in Legends. We'll have to do a holocron episode of holocron histories. Right. <laughs> to the name. So yes. um, now we're going to get into the legacy of the Sith mm -hmm. Empire. Ah, see what I did there? Legacy of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. Uh, so in. 4,400 BBY, the fallen Jedi uh, Freedon Nad discovered two ancient uh, two artifacts that uh, Jedi shadows failed to destroy. The first was the holocron of King Adis, and the second was the spirit of Nagasato himself, which Nad used to absorb himself in the teachings of the Sith. Uh, after communing with the long dead Sith Lord. Uh, Frida Nad destroyed Sato's spirit and later used his newly 
acquired power to bring about the Fridon Nad uprising, whereupon he was defeated. However, like Sado, Nad's spirit remained on Onderon. Despite his defeat, Nad's teachings would yet lead to a new Sith Empire. So, that's the other thing. Like, Sith, like, in some Sith alchemy, Sith, like, ritual stuff, you can, like, absorb Force Ghosts, basically, and, like, gain power mm-hmm. from them, which is kind of cool-ish, if you're a Sith. Right. And, like, the Sith Force Ghosts are much different than the Jedi Force yes. Ghosts. Um, A lot of times the Sith Force ghosts are bound to one place. Mm -hmm. Um, Either. But also, yeah, certain Mm -hmm. Sith Force ghosts can even possess organic beings, Mm -hmm. which we see with the ghost of Marco Ragnos. But, yeah. Yep. So then, uh, 400 years later, in 4000 BBY, a young Jedi named, known as Exar Kun. became curious about the teachings of the Sith and was less turned to the dark side by the ghost of Freedon Nad. His actions led to the Great Sith War, which tore the galaxy apart and instigated the fall of Ulk-Keldroma. Kuhn recruited Keldroma, as well as many other Jedi, into the Brotherhood of the Sith. Kuhn and uh, Keldroma led their newborn Sith Empire and caused great destruction during their short reign of power. So, even though Freedon Nad died, with his spirit being there, Exar Kun then was corrupted by his spirit. Surprise. Yes. And you visit the tomb of Freedom Nad in KOTOR 2, if you are mm-hmm. curious. Yep. And then, uh, in 3976 BBY, the Mandalorian Wars engulfed the galaxy, threatening the destruction of the Galactic Republic. The High Jedi Council, Jedi High Council abstained from participating in the war, sensing danger, but not all Jedi followed the example. A Jedi known as Revan recruited like-minded members of the Order and led the Republic to victory over the Mandalorians, ending the war in 3960 BBY, which is a prelude to KOTOR 1. Woo! Yes. And then, uh, sometime during the near, uh, during or near after the war ended, Revan visited the uh, Trias Academy on the Sith War of Al Malakor V. There, he discovered evidence that the ancient Sith faction survived the violence of the Great Hyperspace War and existed in the unknown regions. Revan pursued these rumors and came in contact with the Sith Emperor, a surviving Sith Lord who turned him turned him to the dark side. Revan was sent back to the Republic to prepare it for an invasion of the exiled Sith, but instead Revan and Malak, Revan and his apprentice Malak acted on their own gain. So this is where, so the Sith Academy that I just mentioned in on Malakor V is the Sith Academy you do visit at the very end of KOTOR 2. Um, with spoilers if you don't want to listen to KOTOR 2 spoilers but it is the where Darth Treya is it Treya is her name Darth Treya uh-huh okay Dark Scion and Darth Nihilus they're the trifecta um their so-called academy where you fight Darth Treya aka Kira uh, Ka- yeah. Yeah. yeah Kraya 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 god her name almost escaped me. So then the uh, Sith uh, Trimavlate, I think that's how you say that, was a loose alliance that remained a Darth Le- Revan Sith. It was sol- uh, sol- sol- I can't talk today. solidified sometime after the Battle of Rakata Prime around the Tyrus Academy on Malachor V. The organization was made up of several, if not hundreds, of Sith apprentices, Sith masters, and most importantly, Sith assassins and fell under the leadership of three powerful Sith Lords, Darth Trya, Darth Nihilus, Darth, and Dark Sion, uh, co-rulers of the new Sith Empire. And then uh, from Malachor V, they uh, intervened with galactic affairs, using Darth Trya's ideas of Echoes of the Force and corrupting Jedi to the dark side. Sion grew, uh, quickly grew impatient of waiting to fight the Jedi and the Republic, while Nihilus grew hungry, uh, 
and needed for subsidence, which Nihilus has his own crazy backstory alone. Um, Mm -hmm. The two conspired against Darth Trya and attacked uh, when she was vulnerable. The two lords used an unknown force technique to sever her connection to the force, leaving her cast out by both Jedi and Sith, abandoning her Sith name and title and traveling as Kreia, the fallen Sith Lord directed her anger towards the Force itself, viewing it as a malevolent, intelligent being. She directed her manipulations towards the Jedi Exile, which is the main character you play in KOTOR 2, who had cut herself off from the Force following the events of, uh, of the Mandalorian Wars, and in whom Kreia saw a means to destroy the Force itself. Sion and Nihilus went their separate ways, Sion carrying out a purge of the Jedi Order and Nihilus consuming entire civilizations in his hunger. Then they, they then turned to each other, uh, each controlling a nearly equal section of, Sith, of the Sith Empire, thus began the Sith Civil War. So we're getting to a lot of the events of, like, during KOTOR 2 and, yeah, pretty much during KOTOR 2, the back end stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, under Kreia's direction, the Jedi Exile re- uh, retrained herself as a Jedi and fought the Sith Empire of Sion and Nihilus, eventually destroying them both. Kreia revealed her true intentions, killing survivors of the Jedi High Council and luring the Jedi Exile to the Troyes Academy on Malachor V. There, Kreia, once again in the disguise of Darth Troya, Sith Lord of Betrayal, fought the exile with the intention of using the retrained Jedi's unique connection to the Force in order to destroy the Force entirely. The Jedi exile defeated Treya and on Malachor five, or and Malachor five was destroyed by Bodor's uh, mass shadow generator in 3951 BBY, ending her Sith Empire once and for all. So, yeah, it's it's the, there's a lot a lot of this. How much do I have left? Oh my god, there's so much left of the legacy. Um, so, and then we get to the aftermath of the Great Hyperspace War, so we go back to 5000 BBY. Survivors of the original Sith Empire establish a new Sith Empire in the galaxy's unknown regions. This empire was also known as the True Sith Sect, uh, which was led by Darth uh, Vitia, a surviving Sith Lord of the old Sith Empire. So, Invitia is who we see in the MMO at some point. He be, then becomes Valkorian, mm-hmm. and then he's also known as the Sith Emperor, who corrupted Revan. Yes. And then, uh, refugees wandered aimlessly through space uh, in search of a new home. 25, 20 years after the departure of the original Empire's territory, the Sith discovered the forgotten world of Drum and Kos, and settled and began to reprocess or rebuilding. It was the Sith Empire which offered the Mandalorian Neo-Crusaders their new crusade against their common foe resulting to the Mandalorian Wars. During the war, Revan discovered that he was turned uh, by the Emperor before invading the Republic at the head of his own own Sith Empire. Around 300 years after the Jedi Civil War, the Sith Empire still under the command of the Emperor. His life extended through the Sith magics, uh, invaded the Republic, sparking the Great Galactic War. In 3653 BBY, the Treaty of Coruscant ended the Great Galactic War, giving way to the Cold War, the galaxy divided between the Sith Empire and the Galactic Republic. Which, that is the events of the Old Republic MMO. Right, I think, because that's, like... Spoilers for the Deceived book, but Malgus's attack on the temple is a break of the Treaty of Coruscant. He... I believe... I believe so. It's either a break or it's what started the treaty. I want to say it was the break, though. Yeah, it was the break. Mm -hmm. Because that's what reignited the war. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Malgus was, you know, a warmonger, basically. He's a warmonger. And then, um, then honestly, after that, we get into the prequels. Um, you know, the Galactic Empire was made by Palpatine, who was Darth Sidious, who you could say is a legacy of the Sith Empire. He wanted the old stuff. And then, honestly, really after that, I'm going to skip some of the stuff I have in my show notes. 
Uh, we get Stark Crates Galactic Empire, which was a government formed around, uh, formed out of Fell of the Fell Empire in 130 ABY, where Darth Crate, Dark Lord of the Sith, made a coup against the Emperor Rune Fell when the Moff Council invoked the Treaty of Annex. Uh, against the will of the Emperor Rune Fell, and in 127 ABY, the Sith Imperial uh, War broke out, and the one Sith allied with the Empire. So, I mean, yeah. after really the Old Republic stuff, you get to the prequels and the legends, and then a little bit after Luke, or when Darth Crates experienced a lot after Luke. Right. And it's notice to say that, like, the Sith Empire really ends with Darth Bane. Um, yeah. Because, and he's really the one who destroys it. Like, the Sith Empire is destroyed by a Sith, not the Jedi, not the Galactic Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the Battle of Rusan, they are defeated. And that's really the end because Darth Bane's reforms are so counter to what the Empire was before that, that mm-hmm. it's not really until really until Darth Krayt invokes the one Sith that we get something that's similar to the Sith Empire we see before Darth Bane. Yeah, I mean, like, with, I mean, with Darth Bane, he creates the world rule of two. The Sith Empire mm-hmm. is, is founded on numbers. They want the numbers of the Sith to be great. Even though there's a lot of infighting and, you know, power struggle, power vacuums on a regular basis, that's what it's founded on. Right. Hey, well, let's do our uh, little break, and then we'll get into kind of how what we know in canon about yeah. the Sith Empire. Sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of, I guess, just the break. It's not really the middle of the no, show. It's not really middle. Um, <laughs> um, so, welcome to the break where we talk about all things that don't have to do with legends versus canons. Uh, and so, I just want to take this time to let you know that one of the greatest ways to support this podcast, if you like this podcast, is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five star review. Uh, You do need an account on those, but you don't have to listen on those platforms to leave us a review. Uh, We greatly appreciate that. It lets people know that this is a great podcast and let them know it's worth listening to. Another thing is if you leave a five-star review on Apple and you leave us some kind words, we will read that on a future episode of the show. We do not have a review to read this week, I believe. Is that correct? No, not this week. Not this week. Well, let's get uh, that review. We also let you know that if you would like to support us via Patreon, we do have a Patreon up and running. You can go there. There are various tiers with various benefits. Um, right up to once a month coming on us with the show to discuss a topic. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, next week we will be having our first patron episode with our patron toasty or he goes by tarth toasty on our discord um so if you guys want to if anybody wants to join us you still have time to join us um it will be next friday when we go live again at 8 p.m so and then you guys actually get to choose the topic we go over so i don't have to make show notes for that episode so yeah it'll be be fun talk about anything star wars really on that on those episodes so yeah all right well let's get back into it all right so now we got that long-winded legends history (laughs) out of the way we get into the canon history of uh the sith empire now which is nothing yeah that's really not a whole lot there's there's some skirmishes and that's really it like 
the Sith Empire is still an ongoing developed faction in the canon and we do get like references um so for instance like the great we do know the great hyperspace war does happen in canon the only things we really know on it is uh various sith led governments that share the name of the sith empire existed long before the galactic civil war which was the original films um mm-hmm. at one point according to the quell dromo epics following uh its inception the Sith Empire invaded the deep core planet um, of Empress Teda, with Sith forces being led by Sith Lord Nagasato. Um, the invasion led to Empress Teda to ally herself with the Jedi Order, which were mortal enemies of the Sith. The conflict resulted in the Great Hyperspace War, and the Jedi and Empress uh, Teda supposedly managed to drive back Sato's forces resulting in their defeat and forcing the Sith to scatter throughout the galaxy. And then uh, in another moment, according to the Quell Droma epics, Nagasato um, decimated the Jedi world of Osis when he triggered the stars in the Crone Cluster, resulting in the Crone Supernova, which left Osis scattered, or scarred and barren. So that is the great hyperspace war that we know of so far for the sith <laughs> almost nothing though we do know nagasato does exist in canon which is nice and i right. think and i think isn't his isn't uh one of the sith i know revan's name is under the sith troops in rise of skywalker is sato's i can't remember the list of sith because they're all named by sith lords it's yeah it's um you have it might be Nagasad. I know Darth Nihilus is mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Darth Revan. Yeah, that's all I know. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens here and like because as far as I understand legends, even though it's not official canon, there's still big ideas that some of these things happened. Yeah. Um like they're just legends surrounding that yeah um so uh another instance we know the sith empire and canon is the great scourge of malachor which we do here in rebels um the sith empire maintained a presence on the sith world of malachor a sith uh temple was uh situated on the surface uh which contained a super weapon that was created by darth tannis Eventually, the Jedi Order invaded the planet and what became known as the Great Scourge of Malachor. Uh, as during the battle between the Jedi and the Sith, um, thousands of Sith led by a Sith Witch, the superweapon activated and petrified the service, killing all of its combatants. So, we do see that in Rebels. We get a, a mention of those events when is it, uh, Ezra, Kanan, and Ahsoka visit Malachor. And that's where we get like the first uh well it's the second showing of the cross guard um saber that Kylo Ren uses. Yeah. And then um we have the other wars. Um at another point the Sith eventually controlled the majority of the galaxy, and such gemstones were freely traded. Although this caused flooding of the market and value of gemstones dropped until bans and limits were put on place. Additionally, many uh, incarnations of the Sith Empire were built by slave labor. Uh, Sonaro was a particular planet under the rule of the Sith Empire, according to legend, until it was overthrown by a victorious charge led by the member of House Serrano. Which, is that the... That's Dooku's home. Okay, that's what I thought. So it would have been his ancestor that would have overthrown the Sith Empire. That's cool. And then, you know, he becomes the Sith himself. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, another time, a Sith Empire participated in the Sith Wars against the Galactic Republic and the Chiss um, Ascendancy thousands of years before the Galactic Civil War uh, that took place uh, from 4 BBY to 5 ABY. The various Sith empires controlled the planet of Orotera following an 
Initial invasion and the world shifted allegiance between the Republic and the Sith throughout the millennia, according to whoever controlled the nearby regions. So that's a, that's another interesting thing. Um, so we knew the Sith Wars happened in canon, uh, and then the Chiss Ascendancy is also another ongoing um, getting developed in Star Wars canon as well. With Thrawn books, we're seeing more stuff like. I think they're going to introduce him into High Republic at some point. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, with Ahsoka coming out next year that we know, we do know Ahsoka now will be coming out in early 2023. Thrawn's in that, so more likely we'll hopefully see more chess stuff in that series. So, we'll see. Yeah, yeah I know they play a bigger role. They play a big role in, like, the post, like, 30 aby mm-hmm. um it's like world late, of late the legends Luke. yeah um so like luke and thrawn go toe to toe like right after the emperor like thrawn is basically in the unknown regions after in the during the battle of endor and then like a couple years later comes back with what's and like basically resurrects the empire and what's mm-hmm. called the imperial remnant and then yeah. Yep. Thrawn, Thrawn's a, ni- a nice character. I like what they're doing with him in canon now, though, because they're they're doing more. I think they're doing a lot more with his character now. Uh, I, I mean, than he did in, um, in the legends, because his role of the imperial, uh, of his of the empire, his role of the empire was not long, like at all. Right, right. So, and then now we get to the legacy of the Sith Empire in canon. So, according to Quadroma's epics, again, a millennia following the Great Hyperspace War, corrupt descendants from the Empire or er, er, from Empress Teta's nobility created the Krath, a dark side cult. And after being empowered by Sith artifacts, the Jedi Knight Olak Quadroma infiltrated the group after they launched a bloody crusade against the Jedi Order but was corrupted by the dark side of the force and alongside the fallen Jedi Exar Kun led, uh, led the craft together. The two turned Empress Teta into a stronghold, uh, for a resurgent Sith empire. So that's another, another person we know that is in Canon is Exar Kun, who makes a very prominent role in the Sith, Sith, uh, history. Hmm. Right. Yes. The, he is the inventor of the double-bladed lightsaber. That too. That that is true. He like, mm-hmm. if you like Maul's lightsaber, think Exar Kun. And then the last thing I have on canon is the Brotherhood of Darkness. Uh, it was an army of the Sith and eventually a Sith Empire that participated in the Jedi Sith War. The Sith Brotherhood was active on Oro Terra until it collapsed, becoming the last Sith Empire. The inhabitants who lived there coordinated with the Jedi to secrecy alter official Republic Repkers to misclassify the system as uninhabitable. As such, the inhabitants of the planet became nearly closed off to the rest of the galaxy and eventually cut ties with the few remaining trading partners that led or that they had when the Brotherhood fell. At the end of the war around 1032 BBY, the Sith brotherhood was defeated by the republic and the jedi and the sith were thought destroyed when they all turned on each other darth bane was the sole survivor and established the rule of two which served as a doctrine for the surviving sith for the next thousand years yes and if you need good reading the darth bane trilogy is one of the best of star wars um yeah darth bane trilogy is good even as it is, it is legends, though, isn't it? Right. Technically, technically, it is still legends. But they, they, but I mean, we know Darth Bane existed. Yes, yes, he exists thanks to the Yoda Chronicles and voiced by another than Mark Hamill himself, which is great. Yes. But yeah, that's what we got um, for this week's episode on the Sith Empire. I think that's all the time we got for today. Yeah, episode. today was a little long of an episode. <laughs> So, um, we will see you guys next week.
with our patrons. All right. All right. See y'all next week. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.